When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for same race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. The Chemist Warehouse October catalogue and find Mont Blanc Explorer 100 ml for just $84.99. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. This is Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. The 21st of October, Izzy Kempe for Bricky, and we got Louis Herman Watt, we got Joe and Neeps, and we got Aroha keeping us up today. Yes, fellas, yes, New Zealand, it is Friday, and we are heading into our long, long weekend. Joe, he's got an extra, extra long weekend. Thoroughly deserved. And, well, Louis, he always has a long weekend because he works extremely hard, as our man. As Cam knows, he knows his stuff on all things horse racing. He's up to date. And no doubt, he'll pick us a wee winner throughout the day. Animo, Zaki, Cox Plate, how good? Morning to you. Messages, double eight, double three. We love hearing from you. We've got a tough quiz, giving you the chance. Come on. Come on, Ekirahuna. Be like Ekirahuna. Come through. We want to hear from you. We know you're listening. We know you're there. Double eight double three oh eight hundred one five oh eight eleven. 0800 to you, Team Kempi. 
Must be cold. You're in a t-shirt. Nah. <laughs> Might end up my bow. No, I just threw on the gear I had on last night, mate. Took the, took the bride out for dinner, as we do on a Thursday night, and in the dark I couldn't be bothered shuffling through my clothes, so I just whipped into the ones I had on last night, and which was a T-shirt and long pants, which I don't that often put on. So... Um, yeah, mate, it's warm out there today. It's not It's not too cold. Um, weather's been okay. A little bit of wind around lately. You know, a lot of, lot of, uh, a lot of shifting and windy, it was windy afternoon yesterday. That was from Jim Hickey. <laughs> the old weather, weather update. Um, but no, I love Fridays, mate. Been an awesome week. Man, we had some awesome people, um, come on and talk. Dave Latelli got me thinking all afternoon yesterday after that quarter all that we had with him. Uh, yesterday morning, I come up with something for off the back fence. So uh, hopefully everyone's got their heart open today because I'm going to throw a plea out there um, on behalf of Dave Latelli later on. And uh, yeah, mate, looking forward to the weekend because for me, it's a big weekend. Been working with uh, the districts, the unions, you call them, in rugby union, uh, and we're meeting in Rotorua tomorrow morning, uh, face to face, to talk about the state of the game in New Zealand and. I'll quickly put it to you, and this is fire. Uh, Nader said it and best wrapped it up that the Crown system, which is including the New Zealand Rugby League as part of Sport New Zealand, MSD, MOE, Oranga Tamariki, Health Corrections, etc., is a billion dollar industry built off the back of the misery of Māori, Pacifica, and minority groups, which is what rugby league is. You know, so, yep. mate, nothing's trickling down, um, and that has to stop. That just has to stop. So we're coming together this uh, Saturday to to Hui um, from the from the far north um, down to the south, and yeah, man, just getting in a room and and doing what we do best, which is court it all and and try and find solutions to to look after our people in the game. And um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. It's an early morning start for me. I don't get to sleep in again, but. Um, good to catch up with the brothers tomorrow, talk about our lovely game. Obviously, a lot of World Cup talk chatter too will be in, in amongst that. Everyone will have their their winners, their winners. Um, but yeah, looking forward to it. Izzy, big weekend for me. Giving back, Kempe. That's what it's all about. And you're going to head away for your weekend, your time to rest up and continue your fine work, mate. Appreciate it. And Dave Latelia, well, yesterday I was having a beer at the airport on my way home. And I caught up with a couple of blokes from uh, GJ Gardeners, and they were like, man, we had an awesome guest today. Spoke at our conference, got a standing ovation. Who was it? Dave Latelli. <laughs> so I said, I said, mate, crazy you said that. We had him on our show today, and he had me, wow, just gave me goosebumps and, and the work that he is doing and you know, some great stories. He had a guy there, showed a lot of, um, obviously, clips and on the big screen, and a guy that was 300 kgs, he's lost 150 kilos, and he's 150 now. And uh, before then, obviously couldn't even move, was mobile, and now he's training hard, and he's looking great, bro. So he's doing some great things for our people out there that uh, are doing it tough, and their bodies and minds have got away from them. And uh, so he's doing some fantastic work for sure, Kempe. And uh, yesterday was a great, and yeah, like you said, we've had an awesome week. And well, Louis come through with a nice wee uh, multi there that looks quite enticing. So <laughs> I'll have a wee look at that one there, Louis. But a big weekend of racing. Um, I've got a big weekend. <laughs> you, know when the light, you know when the lights flash? I got, <laughs> I got taught this really early from, from the Sheik, Sharok. You know, just because they flash on the TV doesn't mean you have to punt them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but if I don't, 
It'll win. So I want to stop this one, so I'm going to have a go. <laughs> no. Oh. I know, Kempi, I know. Look, I'm just uh, going to take it easy. I've got some awesome friends coming to stay with me this weekend and uh, really, really enjoying, uh, looking forward to spending some time with them. They've got some young, young, two young kids, so they come down and the kids are super excited. No more sleeps, Dad, I'll get when they come in at 7 o'clock to deliver the coffee. Nice. Uh, but just give you a little update of the show, lads. Former legendary trainer, Stephen McKee, who trained... Wow, famous sunline with his late father, Trevor. Uh, 42 Group 1 winners. Stephen will join the show to get the fizz going for another big weekend of racing. Another big name he's trained, Mufasa. Mm, how good. Ooh, everyone knows a Mufasa. How good is that? So looking forward to having a chat to Steve out of 7. And then 7.40, we're going to talk to Kyle Jamieson. I had a chat with him on Sunday, actually, when I was at the Willows Cricket. I was meant to be playing against Otago's Boys High, but I said to my mate, I said, look, mate, my body's no good. I'll be horrible out there. So uh, I was meant to play with Kyle Jamieson. Kyle, I would have been opening the bowling. He would have been second, second up because that's just the way it goes, Kyle. Um, I would have taken the new nut. Uh, but he obviously didn't play as well. So he was on barbecue duties with myself. And I said, well, mate, Two around the barbecue is a bit cramped, so I'll, I'll leave you to it, eh, bud? So no doubt he'll give me a bit of stick at 7.40. So we'll get a wee update from him as we preview the Black Caps taking on Australia. And then after eight, earlier on, we spoke to Scott Sorensen, two-time Premiership winner with the Penrith Panthers. The Kiwis have named their squad to take on Jamaica, and uh, he's making his debut. The famous Sorensen name lives on in the black jersey and in sporting in New Zealand. How good is that name? flying at the moment. So we spoke to him earlier. We'll play for that few after eight. And then, well, it is Friday, so we've got Friday tipple. But plenty, plenty to debate throughout the day. Louis Herman, what? Morena to you. Morning. Morning, morning. Morning, Kimpy. Morning, is he? I'll bring some energy. More <laughs> energy than that. Come on. <laughs> no, no. Get up. I've got plenty of time, mate. I've, uh, I've uh, still got a work. I've still got a day to go on the working week tomorrow, which is Cox Plate Day, and we're going to be on it's air. It's not work, mate. You're having fun. Uh, yeah, it's, yeah, you're right, actually. It's punting. We've got, but we're on here from 1 till 7.30 tomorrow. So we've got a big old go. We're going right through to the Cox Plate, and then we're going to handball it across to the cricket coverage. Black Caps Australia. Nice. Tomorrow is one of the great days because you've got Canterbury Wellington MPC going on. You've got the Cox Plate and you've got the Black Caps Australia T20 uh, World Cup opener. It is going to be a rip snorter of a sporting day. And yeah, I've I've done a bit of form, found a couple of winners I don't mind at Tarapa. I'm staying clear of the three-year-old races. I'm watching the the two best races on the card, the Soliloquy Stakes and the Sartan, because I'm just going to keep a couple of these safe, and I don't want to stake my flag in the in ground too early around Prowess and Legato, and I don't know what to do with Dynastic and Mr Mojo Rising and Sacred Satono, so I'm going to let the uh, smarter people than me work those out. But I found a couple of races around them that I don't mind, and... I've got one at odds, which Sticker will probably tell me that it's just never going to win, so I'm dreaming, but we'll let him declare that when he comes on after seven. And in the meantime, we can just talk about all of the amazing Cox Plate memories we've had. I actually, boys, I, I love this weekend. I, I went to Winx's fourth Cox Plate at Mooney Valley, 
and mm. it was completely different to the Everest trip I just did. It was it was more of a racing purist thing, and just people were there in, in adoration for the great mare and. Um, Sticker obviously trained Sunline and the relationship the punters and the public had with Sunline Kempi, you can talk to that. People loved her. She was a household name, right, at the turn of the century? Oh, the, yeah. In my in my time in racing, probably the best that I've had to, um, a Kiwi horse that I've had to follow. So, you know, we often I remember watching a number of her um, races from the races in New Zealand and everyone would be, be wrapped around the TV going, come on, girl, yeah. let's get us home. Yeah. You know, had the whole nation on on her back, and Sticko and his his uh, old man were just such good people. You know that that uh, were to boot with the with with Sunline the the uh, the mayor. So yeah, fantastic um, story that one. And I'm looking, I'm really looking forward to Stick uh, talking to Stick this morning. He's such a good bloke. He is. Yeah, mate. He's retired. Do you, do you feel like he's? You know, you never retire. You never retire. You never really step away. You've always got one eye open over things and, you know, like... Uh, oh, he still heads out to the stables a... most mornings. Ask him about yeah. that. He's, he still heads yeah. out there. He, he can't... He, he <laughs> of course shovel, he does. But he's just, he's just shoveling boxes. <laughs> I'll tell you one thing about... You, you know you know the character of a man, eh, by, by yep. introductions. I'll tell you one thing about Sticko. No matter where I was when I was a footballer, and then went through the coaching and stuff like that. Whenever we t- looked at each other, he would he would hold that conversation and walk over to me and and shake my hand and say hello, no matter what where or where I was, you know. And that to me was just a a, a champion uh, signature of Sticko. So even last Saturday, sitting in the up, up at uh, the pub talking to him about the races in Shapiro's, the Goodall yeah. up at Shapiro's. He just he got up off the table, come over and sat down next to me. We had a chat, you know. It's just like, mate, he's such a good, such a good dude. Yeah, you got to pinch yourself. Like I, I really do. Him and Plato, and whenever we come in here on a Saturday afternoon, we don't have him every week because he loves playing his golf and he loves his retired life. <laughs> but whenever we do, of course he does. And the way oh, he loves his golf, and we just sit there. The way he evaluates horses, like we bounce through a field, right? And I can just go, all right. So how do you? What do you make a dynastic? What would you do with gear? Just his knowledge and his like his institutional knowledge of. I mean, this is all he did. He lived and breathed it. He was in the stables from fourteen to when he knocked off a couple well, last year at age fifty nine or whatever it was. He just his encyclopedic knowledge of horses is incredible. So it's pretty cool to be able to chat to him each week, and it'd be good to talk to him today about tomorrow's race, the Cox Plate, mm. because I tell you what. It's it's not done. It's not done and nah. dusted for Animo. Like this, I tell you, the horse that's starting to get me going. It's not Zaki. It's not Gold Trip. I don't like the fact that Mar and Eustace are backing him up off a Caulfield Cup, and it's like they didn't know where he was going. This whole preparation, the whole thing seems a bit disorganised and just a wee bit ad hoc. And I don't like that in these elite group ones. But it's Al Bodigon, this import. This import that Chris wow. Waller's got because he brings these mm. northern hemisphere form lines over wet tracks on wet tracks over these distances. He's run behind Melbourne uh, Melbourne Cup performed horses. He's run in over two thousand meters as a two year old, as a three year old. He's won a Group One over the two, over two thousand already. And if the trend is right about maybe Australia and New Zealand coming a little bit off the bit in terms of globe being a global power on the racing stage and he's coming down here with some of those form lines and he can get around the Mooney Valley and he's acclim- he's acclimated well 
I tell you, that's the one I'm just starting to get speed wobbles on a wee bit, is the unknown quantity Ooh. in the race. Mm. Okay, okay. Damien Oliver. Yeah. If anyone can get it done, as D.O. Yeah. Getting the Ollie. job done. Ah, 7.50. 7.50. Louis. What's he paying a place? Come on out on 2.40 for a wee place there. Might be a good. Is our body might, gone? Might be a good saver bet if you've got a ticket like me on Animo at nice odds. I think I'll be having a wee saver on our body gone a place. Okay, okay. You still bright side, Kempy? Hundred percent, one hundred percent. Two days of racing it tracks into the race well. I think loves the wet. Absolutely loves the wet. Whether or not it can handle the speed. And uh, get into the right spot. I'm I'm just hoping it falls into the right spot, and they do go to the middle of the track. I think if they do that, it definitely runs it. It's that is insane place money at four bucks. You know, there's only three places, eh? Yeah, yeah. I still think it's insane mu- in place money for Mister Brightside on its form in the wet because it's gonna be wet. All right, the rain's come. The rain man's been done. Rain man's declaring it. (laughs) (laughs) Cheers, Jim. We appreciate it. He's over here and he's doing everything at the valley. Absolutely. Mate, it's going to be a cracking day of race. Uh, What a race. What a race. I can't wait to just watch it. And and we've got Kane Kane Jones. Sorry, has he got Kane Jones on later in the show and he's going to go through all the Kiwi breads in it? Yes. Yes, Jonesy. Love a little update from Jonesy. Hey, uh, just quick, I know we're going to, Get off and have a wee break. We're going to probably talk about it throughout the morning. But uh, big news yesterday with VE, the very elegant mm. one, ret- retiring. 11-time group winner. And it's an interesting one, isn't it, Kempi Louie? Um, I know we should, we'll probably debate a bit more, but uh, the situation with very elegant, uh, very elegant was sent to France to, to chase the the arc and, and some group ones over there and the owners and, wow, the kind of dysfunctional operation that was happening. Um, and I was reading a few of the comments about it. As, as horse owners, this is a question for you both of you, as horse owners, and you owned a champion mare like Very Elegant, would you have done the same after winning the Group 1 Melbourne Cup? Well, would we, you, knowing you've got a champion horse, and these horses want to provide you entertainment and enjoyment, but on the other side they are animals and that's a long way to go and that mare has done so much. So it's a, it's an interesting one, one that could be debated. Was the decision the right one? All we could do is we asked this question when it happened, and I said no. Yeah. Like going back, I, I just said if it was me, I wouldn't. And I understood why mm. the, some of the owners decided that it wasn't worth their time. I just didn't think she needed to go. I, I actually just thought, to be blatantly honest, I just didn't think there was any chance in the world she could ever win an arc. I think what you're talking about is, is when you get into a big group of owners, you're, you're playing with a lot of egos that want to yeah. you know, have a say in what the poor horse you know, gets to do. And then, of course, you've got the trainer that knows best um, yep. and, yep. and trying to mix and mingle everyone and keep them all on and the same plane. And what was the clue in this, Kempe? What was the biggest clue? Well, The fact <laughs> that Chris Waller didn't that, take her himself. That's it. And like, I've got a really good relationship with my my trainer, mate, and I don't tell him anything. He yep. tells me everything. This is what we're doing, and I don't even question it because he knows best. You know, so you're just on that. Well, I think there was because we spoke um, to obviously Tim Barry's part of the ownership and about Chris Waller. He didn't want to race him, race her in the in the Melbourne Cup. Oh, 57 kilos, you know, against all odds, got the job done. But then the owners made the final decision and it wins the Melbourne Cup. So it's like, oh, you start 
you know, second guessing yourselves. Look, it's it's interesting. Like, I just think that whatever's going on in France shouldn't dampen what very elegant's done. Group ones, eleven wins, nah, it, an absolute champion. Man, right. going to retire, and it doesn't for me. No, and my understanding nah. is too. And I listen listening to a lot of owners who have horses is that the owners have the last say. If they say to the trainer, "This is where we want to go," the trainer takes them. Yep. You know, even if he even if he advises against them. So that's what he's being paid to do. Um, the the interesting one for me is he is whether or not they they stay in her or they sell her. Mm. Well, they're going to breed from her. Yeah, well, well, not the conversation that I had at the pub with them. So they possibly could sell her. So that's I don't think that's a dead set um, mm. lay down bazaar, whether or not they keep her the current owners or whether or not they move her on. Well, maybe some owners will come out again like there'll be an opportunity, but the update yesterday was she's staying in the Northern Hemisphere to go see a, a Northern Hemisphere-based sire next year. So they're going to breed from her, but I, you're, I don't know if that's mm. every member of the syndicate or whether there's an opportunity to buy out. Like there was an opportunity to buy out before she went up, and yeah, look, as you know what you mean. Like at the end of the day, owners and, and respect these people involved with very elegant, like Jamara Bloodstock, Tim Barry, um, Bray over in Australia. Like these are really, really smart horse owners. So by no means am I criticising them or questioning them their intelligence around anything equine. That's not what I'm doing. But yep. respectfully, yeah, they might have got the call right on the Melbourne Cup, but I know who I'd listen to if it was Chris Waller or a group of owners because there's not too many Chris Wallers in the world. Actually, there's only one Chris Waller, and his track record's pretty impeccable this far down the track. So that was where I went at the time. I thought, well, if Chris didn't want to take her, he probably knows best. And I was surprised to see her results up there. It's just, it was so hard. It was such a big task. It's like trying to climb Everest as a, it's like trying to climb Everest not in your prime, you know, like not in your physical yeah. prime. It just was such a mountain to climb. And But no, it doesn't change what I think of the mare. I think she's still a champion, nah. right? 100%. Still a champion. That, that race with J-Max standing up five lengths, just steaming home. Oh, the perfect ride. I just got goosebumps watching it yesterday. It was so good. Yeah, good question, mate. Hey, um, I do have a calm question of the day, but I'm going to do it after this, and it's a little bit weird, so get, just prepare yourself. <laughs> it's Friday. Strap in. 23 and a bit past six. Here with Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. SENZ, we're coming up to half past six. Sorry, we're just drawing. I was just drawing the Mooney Valley track <laughs> on a pen and paper. I was like, <laughs> am I picking up there? Like, oh, and then you jumped on. That's just perfect. You know what you're doing. Eh? We're just trying to map the. We're just trying to map all the horses out, mate, on the oh, on yeah. the on the bend. <laughs> just draw. Just, right, yeah. I was just drawing the Mooney Valley bend because what, what we're saying is essentially you're predicting the weather. Now you're predicting the race. Well, we're trying. Well, that's what well, we that's, do, isn't it? That's what you do is you try and put where do the, where do they go? Where do the horses end up on that bend? Because the Mooney Valley, and we'll ask Sticko about this because you go back. You watch Sunlines wins, right? She just got to the front and broke their hearts be- right. before the bend, and she just drove them into the ground. If you're too wide, yeah, the track might be playing off, so they might be coming wide anyway because the rail might be off. But the reality is, if you're so wide on that sharp bend. You've got to then look at the angle of it. You, you, you have to swing so hard around, and if the ones on pace are going good, well, they can then pick their path so they can drive you even wider and wider and wider. And that's why I just love – I think you've got to be in the first half a dozen turning for home in the Cox Plate more often than not, um, and you've got to be right there going from well before the bend. 
It's half past six. My can't question of the day was going to be what's the most awkward workplace relation or what's the most awkward relationship to have because Shane Van Gisbergen's been dating his boss. That's what I was going to... Joey knows. <laughs> Get Joey's answer. Well, that's right. Because, Joe, Joe you, you dated your flatmate after how long? Oh, like, uh, well, what do you mean after how long? Well, you moved in. <laughs> and I moved you... in and, sorry, I moved in and then, I don't know, like a month later we started dating. A month later. And how did that end? <laughs> Terribly. <terrible>. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I was going to say, what's the, just very quickly... We've all got experiences with this. What's the most awkward relationship to have? Shane Van Gisbergen's dating the boss, the owner of Triple Eight Racing. Is it dating your mate's sister? Is it dating your mate's ex? Is it dating your boss? Is it dating your peer at work? Because then mm. you're kind of a little bit you're competitive. Is it dating the team manager? Is it dating the team physio? Is it <laughs> dating? What's the most awkward relationship to have? Because Shane Van Gisbergen is dead set dating the owner of Triple Eight Racing. Which is incredible work, and the team's totally okay with it. It's all above board. There's nothing untoward. But um, I just saw that came through the news yesterday. The team confirmed it, and I just cracked up. I thought it was going to be a choices for him poll, but I just thought, let's can't wait question it. You tell me after the news. Is that how about everything? Shaping building New Zealand, and what is the most awkward relationship you can possibly have? We'll uh, get your answers on the other side, lads. So what you want? I want bourbon. Radio 25 away from 7 o'clock this morning. A uh, couple of sports headlines with Bunnings Trade. Helping business is our trade. Well, the Chiefs have picked up a good one. Manaki mm. Salby Rickett is moving north. He can play a bit, is he? He can play. He can play. He's had a solid season for Bay of Plenty, and it makes sense, really. He's having a baby. His, his partner's from um, Tauranga, Bay of Plenty area. Big shift down to Dunedin. So huge loss for the Highlanders, but makes sense. Yeah, a guy that's had a, a huge season. So good on the Chiefs. Signed a good one. Yeah, big, big loss as you went out for the engine room of the Highlanders, though. Hey, Lids is off to a flyer at the moment. She is. At the BMW Ladies Championship. She's tie six, four under. Um, but the leader, what a round. Nine under the start of the day. So that's a, a, bit, a bit to wind in there for Lydia. Nine under. I wonder what that feels like. I would not even be, not, <laughs> wouldn't even be able to start to answer that question. Same. Is he? Um, and the other one is Liz Trust, the British PM, is now oh. the ex-British PM. What the bloody hell is going on there, man? You think... Bring Z- back Boris. Oh, don't say that. <laughs> Get me. Don't talk that into existence. <laughs> <laughs> Makes you but think, honestly, eh? that is crazy, eh? That is crazy. She's gone already, and you can understand why. You follow Pierce Morgan on Twitter, man. He sprays her every single tweet, and um, oh, she just every time she hit that, everything she did was bad <laughs> from the outset. I just, <laughs> it's just an impossible situation where it's like 
everybody that is qualified to do the job is an idiot. <laughs> that is a- they just don't have anybody that they can't. They have for so long. It's just that is a cursed position. Well, for a while it has been, and <laughs> yeah, man. And remember the Australian politics went through that run, and like mm. you do, we've got a lot of issues in New Zealand, but. Oh, people will hate me saying this, but at least we do seem, for the most part, to have pretty sensible and good people that run our country. You know, for the most part. Oh, here we go. They you reckon, text machines you reckon the farmers think so? Well, <laughs> you, reckon the, you reckon the farmers are happy? I don't even mean. I don't even mean right now. I just mean in general. You look back. We've had stability for a while. All you farmers out there, double eight, double three. At least we don't have drama like this. Anyway, my current question today was: What's the most awkward relationship to have? Um, um, far out. Your mate sex is a no-go, isn't it, Mark? Yeah, I think it is for the most part. You think it is? 100%. Uh, 100%. It happens all the time, though. <laughs> oh. Hey, it hey. has to be. Has No, not with me. has to be <laughs> your mate's sister. Your mate's sister. You're growing up. You're, you're, you're just ripping into your mate, your best mate. You're saying, mate. Oh, sissy's not bad. Not bad. <laughs> <laughs> and then down the line as you, you you know, you go through puberty and things start to, you know, come together and then it all happens. That it must be the absolute cardinal sin, I'm sure. And it would have happened plenty. Your best mate sister. Come on. Well, I do know that whenever we have our Oh no, don't I don't want to go down there. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, you know what footy teams are like. Um, boys, the most awkward relationship I've heard was on the coast dating your cousin. The bro says it's all good as it's his third cousin. It's oh. all good. Oh, Joey. Well done, Joey. <laughs> Joey, this isn't House of Dragons and the Targaryens, mate. <laughs> hey, but just on it, I know we're talking dating, Kimpy, just before we get to your. We're talking dating, but like the situation with SVG, it would be a problem if obviously he was a dusty driver, a la Lance Stroll and the Stroll. <laughs> so true. <laughs> and the F1. So it's not bad because he is the best driver. You know? So it's, it actually makes sense. But you look over at the dusty relationship over in the Formula One with Lance Stroll and, and Lawrence Stroll, his father, owning the team. And look, Lance is obviously a quality driver. Aroha's probably going to slap me around the cheek. But, um, you know, that's an awkward situation. A billionaire father that owns a team and he gets a, a driver in the spot and the seat. Yeah, I'm talking about talking about fathers too and and awkward relationships. One of my most awkward relationships was having my father as a coach growing up, you know, and copping it like extra cop. You, know, you cop extra from your father when yeah, he's yeah the reverse nepotism, hundred percent. You yeah, know, like yeah. being that player, but not not. Everyone else thinks you're going all right, except your father, you know. <laughs> so, mate, that honestly, I have had so many. I had had so many awkward times with him, being the mm. being the coach on the sideline and giving it to me as a player. Going, oh, they, they always do it, don't they? Hey, Kippy, mm. that's yeah. why they're there, Kippy. Rip us out, quack, 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 quack. Go home. And, well played, son. Man, you were awesome. I was like, Mum, did you really watch the game? Dad, no, you're hoop hopeless, boy. Hey, Joe, Joe, just before we get off to Quizzy Dag, you've um, you got a bit of a track record here. I do. I'm seeing another girl now uh, from Wellington, uh, where my ex just moved down actually, um, and and she 
is best friends with my cousins, and I've got two twin cousins, and and they they flat with her, and they're on opposite sides of her room. Oh right, yeah. So it's pretty awkward. And are the rumors true that you've flown her for a, a dirty weekend? I have, yeah. That's why I'm taking a long weekend. Yeah. Wow. Jo- so so Joey, if you know Joey and he's getting close to you, just be aware. Just be aware of your surroundings, because Joey's got something in his mind. He got hey, some Joey. game. No, <laughs> he got game. When you're running 18k a day training, you got game. Joey got game, man. Yeah. He's looking good too. Oh. Hey, he's starting to he's starting to fitten up. What one week? <laughs> one week to the marathon, the half. <laughs> one week, and I'm feeling good. I'm not injured. I had a bit of a scare because I've got this massive bruise on my leg. I thought I pulled a tendon, but I'm just weak. Uh, but no, nah, I'm feeling good, boys. <laughs> feeling really good. I'm going to do it. I reckon I'm going to do it. <laughs> Beautiful. You're going to do it, Joe. You're going to do it. You're a legend. Not speaking from experience, but surely dating your mate's mother is worse than sisters is David. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. Uh, 18 away from seven. How excited are you when when your mate's... Nah, just carry on. Yeah. You know, you're, you're <laughs> yeah, know, move on. You know, you know when they say not speaking from experience? Yes, Damon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gee whiz. All right. 18 away what, from What have you seven. done, Louie? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I've lost it. Um, Quizzy Dag's coming up. 0800 First question on the quiz is what is the most awkward person, the most awkward person to date? No, it's not. I've seen the quiz today and it's a, it's a nice one. It's a nice one for a $50 TAB bonus bet to kickstart your weekend. You can go and back Animo or Mr. Brightside if you're Kempe or whoever and have some fun doing it. 0800 150 You know we're finally here, right? Where are we? It's Quizzy Dag on SENZ Wood. It's Quizzy Dag on SENZ Wood. It's Quizzy Dag on SENZ Wood. It's Quizzy Dag, 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 Dag. Oh, you thought you did a zing and can't be. But the questions stress you out, yay. The quiz master is getting busy. But Uncle's Clues would give you gout. Me up every Friday, Aroha. Woo! It could just loving it. <laughs> gout. Uncle's clues will give you gout. Oh, so good. Kempe, you'll have some oh, great clues today, I'm predicting. Anyway, good luck. Good luck to our quizzes. Damon from Palmy, you're up first, my friend. Morena to you. Morena, boys. Morena, Morena. Question number one. The Grizzlies and Stephen Adams started the NBA season out strong with a win over New York Knicks. Who is the Grizzlies' starting point guard? Oh, yeah, so good. Ja Durant, is it? Ja Durant is incorrect. <laughs> Sorry, Damon. Sorry, Damon. Have a good day, my brother. We're going to go to Jade and Hamilton. Morning to Jade. Morning, boys. That's harsh, boys. It's not harsh. It's not Kevin Durant's brother. 
may as well be Morant. It's, it's like a, you know, Moldy's brain. Yeah, ja- <laughs> <laughs> it's like, skim- okay, it's like okay. skimp. <laughs> ja Morant. Yeah, there we go. There we go. Question number two. Will Farrell stars in the movie called Semi-Pro, which is based around a semi-professional basketball team trying to make it in the NBA. What is the name of the team? Semi-Pro. Oh. Any clues on that one? Yabba dabba doo. Oh, the Flintstones. It's not the Flintstones. Sorry, Jade. Have a good day, my mate. We're going to go to John in Christchurch. Morning, John. G'day, yes. How are you, mate? I am very well, John. Appreciate your call this morning, mate. Uh, name the team. Semi-professional basketball team trying to make it in the NBA. Will Farrell. S- S- star. Yeah, nah, mate. That's uh, the silliest question I could ever have. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> I love your honesty. I love you how you're not Googling it. Appreciate it, John. Let me. From the penal. Oh, oh, I love Lammy when he calls. Morning to you, brother. <laughs> oh, morning, uh, Uncle. Morning, uh, morning, um, Lammy. Louis and uh, Lizzie. Hey, Lammy. Hey. I'm talking hey, to anyway, you. You anyway, anyway, me first. Can <laughs> <laughs> I will say something quickly? Anyway, brother, can I say something quickly? Quickly. Yeah. There's yep, nothing yep. better than a Lammy sausage in Palmerston North, brother. Oh, oh yeah, Lammy. Yeah. Oh, there you go. SEN yeah, Studios, brother. Move, move on to question Come on. three. <laughs> Semi-professional oh. basketball. Okay, oh. Name them. From Trump. Yeah. What is the name? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Bam Bam. <laughs> he just gave you the answer. You weren't listening. Nah, Bam Bam's incorrect. Sorry, let me. Tony. <laughs> Apples. Morning. Oh, how's it going, man? I don't know either. <laughs> oh, what, a, what kind of question is this, man? That's what we like. That's what we like. Think it's of it. Funky Friday, brother. Funky Friday. You got no idea? All right, Tony, moving on from you. Mark from Todunga. He doesn't Google. No, no. Morning, lads. And I, I love this movie. It's the Flint Tropics. Yeah. Flint Tropics is there correct. There he is, Marky boy. Tyson Fury and Derek Chisora preparing for their third fight of the trilogy. What English football stadium will the fight be held? Well, uh, no idea. We'll go Wembley. <laughs> Wembley is incorrect. Sorry, Mark. So have a good day, Hulk. Brenton. Hey, brother. Hey, brother. Yes. Where's the fight going to be held? Tyson Fury, Derek Chisora. What stadium? I'll spare you on. I'll spare you on, mate. Come on. I'll spare you on today. Hey? Tottenham. There you go, brother. There you go. Question four. Dame Valerie Adams has just released a new documentary taking us through her life from childhood to retirement. What is the name of the doco? Uh, I don't know. Can I have another clue? Uh, we, 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 have, we have a Thursday segment. Move on. <laughs> There's no way. <laughs> Sorry, mate. Have a good day, Brendan. Adam Fahey. Let's go. More than... <laughs> <laughs> Adam, shot. what did she get? More than a shot. What did no, she get? No, more than a shot is incorrect. <laughs> Sorry, brother. <laughs> Brett from Huntley. Gold. 
What's more, around the neck? More than gold is correct, yes. What is the distance of the Cox Plate? 20 Brett? seconds. Uh, 204. Oh, yeah! Yes! <laughs> See, Brett's last, and he comes from... Man, you luck. You're a tinny bugger, aren't you? Well done. Well done, Brett. 204. Come on, bro. you got to give me that one. Who's, yeah. it, go- who's it going on, Brett? Everyone knows it. Plays out yet for uh, Animo, cool. Right, we're pretty much at 7 a.m. And after 7 a.m., we're talking Cox Plate, we're talking who wins it, we're talking Sunline with the great Stephen McKee. And um, your text message is just stacking up on the most awkward relationships. Good on Shane Ringersbergen and the team owner for making it work. They're obviously in a great relationship. And Izzy, I think the point you make about him being a great driver is a very poignant one. Yeah, yeah, well, look, it would be awkward if he wasn't, and he wasn't performing, but he was still uh, retaining his spot in the driving seat. So, uh, yeah, it's an interesting one, but there's some great messages coming through. We'll get to those shortly. But Stephen McKee, well, he's a champion, champion. He's trained some absolute champions, so we'll get a little inkling of what to expect when we head to Mooney Valley. Anyway, he's coming up. He's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together, we're shaping and building New Zealand. Into Chemist Warehouse for 25% off the INC Sports Nutrition range, starting from $22.49. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepaid plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. This is Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. Get up. We're up and about. We're ripping into our Friday, the 21st of October show, bringing you all things racing, sport, and some awkward conversations on the text machine. Double eight, double three. More than a lads in Aroha. Louie, Louie, Louie. You can't even talk about Daniel, mate's ex, no matter how hot she is. And how much you might want to. That is from Mark. Well, if Mark, if she's his ex, you just wind him up, mate. Say the one that got away. Just keep winding him up. Uh, <laughs> let him know. Let him know. You, you miss one there, lad. You miss one there. A few messages here as well. Um, another one, Morena Lads. Louis with the quote of the year. Fury, Chisora announced overnight. Boys, Kempe hitting the nail on the head. A father as a father's coach. As a young fella, yes, Kempe, he knows all well and true how wow, the father's relationship with their son goes. And then another one here from Joe. Boys, had a mate start dating a girl and then ended up liaising with the sister. He told us when we went over for family barbecue, it was awkward, so had a crack at an auntie. Coasty boys <laughs> have no fear. <laughs> oh, man. All the coasties, eh? They know what we're talking about. Awkward relationships. Anyway, we'll get back to some of those shortly. But right now, it is five past seven.
We've seen and heard champions make history year in, year out on the biggest racing stages. These are the many stars of spring. Oh, when you think of the greatest horses in the greatest race, you think about the Cox Plate, and you think about this. But the body New Zealand mare is full of running around the turn at Sunline. Five in front of Sky Heights. Tie the knot with a withering run down the outside. Sunline three in front. Tie the knot wearing her down. Sunline in front. Tie the knot ducks in. And New Zealand takes the Cox Plate with Sunline. And then this... The champion New Zealand mare has raced away in the Cox Plate. Diatribe and Referral are running under the placings, followed by Testa Rossa and then Scoozy Please. But the champion mare is going to kill them. She's five in front, Sunline, and a piece of racing history. Back-to-back Cox Plates for the champion mare, Sunline. She's won it by six lengths easily. Yep, New Zealand has had its fair share of unforgettable moments in one of the world's most elite races, but it's hard to ever go past the back-to-back dominance of Sunline. At the turn of the century, she wasn't just a special mare. She was the mare of a generation, really, and she was trained out of South Auckland by the late, great Trevor McKee and, of course, his son and our good friend at SCNZ, Stephen McKee. Sticko is with us on the line now this morning. G'day, mate. How you doing, Sticko? Yeah, good morning, Izzy. Morning, Kippy. Morning, brother. Oh, mate, just memories come flooding back here in that audio. Yeah, especially when you mention the turn of the century. It seems like a long time ago now, doesn't it? uh, Yeah, yeah, certainly. It just seems like yesterday, really. Oh, mate, one of the most dominant performances, particularly in the second, uh, winning by five lengths, mate. But you, how are you doing? Are you enjoying horse training retirement, mate? Keeping busy enough? Yeah, keeping busy enough. Do a little bit of manual to help out in the mornings, and uh, got a, I've got a tea booking this afternoon, which will um, I know it's a passion of yours, is he? So uh, straight across the road for a bit of golf with Davo. Hey, oh, I don't know if it's a passion. Sorry, sorry, I don't know if it's a passion, mate. I'm pretty frustrated with it. Just quickly, what? How you? How you teeing it off, mate? You playing well? Uh, yeah, okay, but uh, like we are. Um, when we're not pros, we can't get all facets of our game working at the one day. So, yeah, it's, you're right. It's very, very frustrating, but we still get out there again. Stick over that audio. Um, geez, that brought back memories for me. But you must get asked about it when um, when she was, you know, a household name. Do you did you feel it? Her connection to the public back then? Oh, definitely. Yeah, she was um, uh, sort of around that cusp of. 99, 2000, 2001, she was like the headline horse, um, both in Australia and New Zealand. And it came to a stage where most of her races were in Australia, so they sort of they sort of took her as one of their own. And, and um, it was uh, probably uh, the earliest start of the internet days, so there was always a lot of publicity around her. Um, yeah, it wasn't just a race day part, it was, you know, interviews pretty pretty much full on in those days. When did you realise she was well above average? When did you, when did the planning for the Cox Plate come into fruition? Yeah, oh, she yeah she hit the ground running pretty early. She won her first uh, I think first eight starts, um, but it was just a strength at that stage that she lacked uh, to take on the real big guns. So um, 
we she won a race as a three-year-old filly at Mooney Valley over the Cox Plate distance. Won that pretty easily. So at that stage, we thought, okay, we'll we'll have a shot at the Cox Plate. But um, the Cox Plate itself is a different ball game. You're running against mature old horses that uh, really give you no peace at all. So it was a bit of um, uh, didn't. You know, we weren't 100% confident she could run a strong 2,040 metres uh, at, at a track like the Valley until we actually got to, to the first Cox Blade in uh, 1999. Yeah, and just talk about that race uh, sticker, you know. Why is it such an elite, an elite test for the best horses? Well, I think part of, the, part of it is the uh, configuration of the track. Most Big tracks like, uh, say, a Flemington or where they run the Melbourne Cup or a, um, or a Randwick or an Ellerslie or a Chensham. Most of the um, big races or any race, the sprint doesn't really start till about the last sort of 400 metres, whereas at Moody Valley, uh, they start really cracking along for probably the last 800 metres and they're really sprinting at their top for 600. So it's a long, sustained sprint and that's why... Um, you know, it's sort of make or break by the corner. It's a, it's a uh, it's quite a short straight, but a lot of the work is done between uh, sort of the eight hundred and the four hundred, and they're also running up uh, slightly uphill as well. So it's a really good test, and that's why I think the honour roll for the Cox Plate um, is probably one of the best in the world. If you're going to have any chance, Stephen, do you think you have to be in the first few around the bend if you want to win it? I would say most times, yes, you do get the odd horse come from uh, a little bit further back, but um, you've got to be extremely fit and very, very strong to, to maintain that uh, that final gallop to the line. So, you know, you're talking about running against uh, normally the, the most elite horses in the country at that stage. Um, so there's, there's no real give up in, in any of those top horses. They just keep running. So um, you want to be pretty much mobile by the time you hit that final straight. Righto, Sticko, this is what everyone wants to hear. You're an astute analysis of the, the horses running around at the moment. We've got some really good ones in the Cox Plate tomorrow. Who do you think has the attributes to win this race apart from Animo? Well, I think you have to keep... I, they tell me you're keeping a good weather watch on uh, Melbourne tonight and tomorrow, <laughs> Kenji, but um, there's a lot of there's significant rain coming, I think, due tonight and tomorrow, and they're running at Mooney Valley tonight as well. So by the time they get to the Cox Plate tomorrow, there, there's, uh, I think there'll be 16 races run on the track before they get to the Cox Plate. So it'll be interesting if it really cuts up and it's wet. Uh, I think it brings a few others into play. But I'm really liking the Chris Waller import, Al Bodigan. Um, really like his form profile. Yeah, I think he's, uh, I think overall his record is stronger than State Arrest, who beat Animo last year. And also, I think if there is uh, quite a bit of rain, um, Mr. Brightside comes into the race as well. Yes. Oh, yes. the boy. Hey, hey Sticko, you haven't, been, you haven't set up a WhatsApp group with the lads because that's exactly what they've said. Good work. Good work. <laughs> no, I haven't <laughs> no, yet, actually. That, that's actually that's super I, I concerning hope... for Sticks. He's thinking, oh, you're kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think I'll, I think I'll rejig my bet before tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs>
Uh, I'll give you some uh, some positive from it, mate. I haven't backed it. I stop everything. I seem to stop most horses. So I'll stay off it for you, Sticko. Hey, Sticko. Mate, they, they talk about trainers just really having a, a genuine connection with these amazing animals. It, it, like, talk to us about your experience with Sunlight. Not only Sunlight, you have Mufasa. You've had some fantastic horses over there. What, what does it take? What is involved? To uh, to train these special horses and in, in, in behind the scenes, some detail that you've learnt over many years training some champions. Well, I think to put it in a in a nutshell, you just you, you want to keep out of their way a little bit. The good ones, um, you know, your job is to get them fit and keep them happy and and don't interfere with them too much. They've either got that ability or they haven't. At the end of the day. Um, Probably not over-race them too much. Just keep them nice and happy and uh, oh, I guess not over-train them, but, you know, they uh, they pick up the pieces themselves. You can you can quite often go into a, a big race a little bit on the fresher side and possibly a little bit underdone and they'll, they'll take care of the rest. So uh, I think it's all about keeping them happy and not interfering with the ability that they've got. Sticks, you'll be the perfect person to ask because you don't actually have any owners to appease at the moment. Um, <laughs> as a trainer who has won multiple, multiple, multiple group ones and trained champions, what do you want from an owner? Do you just want hands off, pay your bills, or do you want them to tell you how to train your horse? Oh, no, it's, <laughs> I think, oh, geez, that's, that's throwing under the bus material, this one. But... Uh, Oh, no, I think there's a lot of owners that are very good, uh, uh, like, form analysis people, or uh, I think I think the training, the day-to-day training is best left to the trainer, um, but I certainly don't mind if the owner wants an input in, you know, how the jockey possibly should ride the horse, or um, a lot of people these days do the speed maps and work out the form themselves, so I, I think there's a lot more interaction with the owners um, and and trainers nowadays with the horses going forward. But I think, by and large, the, the owners are pretty happy to leave the trainer to the, the actual day-to-day training of the horses. Hey, Sticko, um, it would see you picking a $2 shot, but there must be a horse running around here in New Zealand that you're keeping an eye on at good odds. What's its name, and when does it run? <laughs> um, I think uh, one of the guys, uh, one of the horses from the guys here, it's running in... A week or two. It's called Master Brutus. I think it's one to follow. Um, was just beaten in its first start uh, about ten days ago at Avondale. So keep following that horse, and you'll get uh, well rewarded. I think. Beautiful. Well, one horse I just seen that's uh, on your cards as well is Hasbro. I've backed it a few times. What's next for Hasbro? Yeah, well, I I originally trained him. Uh, he's now in yep. Brisbane. He runs tomorrow actually yep. at. Uh, mm. Uh, I'm not sure if they're uh, Eagle Farm or Durban tomorrow, but he's he's up to a mile tomorrow, which will definitely suit him. Uh, so I'd keep following him as well. Awesome sticks, and, yes. and just one last one for me. What are we going to do with Dynastic tomorrow? Are we just do we have to watch him go round, don't we? Uh, yeah, I think um, Tirapa better track again for him tomorrow. Uh, yeah, I, I think keep following him. That run was just too bad to be true the other day. That's Wasn't that's it? not the form that he represents. So. I think there was only a, a, a glitch in his um, in his record, so yeah, I'd, I'd go back to the well again tomorrow. If he if he runs poorly again tomorrow, well, he he may have some issue that arises from that. But no, he's, he's still got a horse to uh, to ditch on one run. 
Beautiful, Steve. Well, we'll let you go, mate. Appreciate you coming on and sharing your insights of the great one, Sunline. Big day at the race course tomorrow, Mooney Valley. The Cox Plate doesn't get any bigger. Just one little bit of advice, mate, for you going forward to your tea time. Swing easy, my friend. Just swing easy, okay? <laughs> so they tell me it's hard to put out into reality <laughs> to get out there. <laughs> it is, mate. Trust me, 47 over. You can't be any worse than that, brother. Appreciate it. <laughs> Cheers, guys. <laughs> oh, good man. Good man. No, look, yeah, I knew Hasbro was in Australia. Uh, I just said it was on his cards, and that was an awesome horse. Got me a couple of wins over here, particularly at Rickerton, and my dad, he got him paid as well, too. But he's trained some absolute champs. Good to see him enjoying his retirement. Um, he's had a fantastic career. Super career, super bloke in Hasbro tomorrow. Race nine at Doombin. It's $12 into $7, boys. Ooh. $12 Oof. into 7 under the care of Annabelle Nisham now, Brody Louie with the ride. And one I'd like to point out tomorrow in Australia as well, because we, we're going to talk a lot of Cox Plate, but you have to give, if Sticko's a legend, so is Rogie. So is old Graham Rogerson and Debbie Rogerson. Team Rogerson have... Got sharp and smart, and it's come off two wins. It's one up at Ruakaka, then it went over and won the gloaming, and it was headed that day on that real bog track at Warwick Farm. And uh, it won that day, and it's $6 for a Group 1 in the Champion Stakes over at Randwick at Race 8, and it's a genuine each-way chance. And if Rogie gets another Australian Group 1 winner, and he did tell us a long way out that this three-year-old gave him... Um, you know, he gave him Group 1 Australia impressions. Well, he would have found another one, and I think this is a very smart horse. So congratulations for Team Rogerson for even making it this far, and it would be awesome to see Rogie have another really nice one. 19 minutes past 7 o'clock. Oh, we could just talk racing all day, couldn't we? Cox Plate, biggest race of the year. We're gone in six years. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you Go are. next year, boys. Oh, yeah, the sun is so you think. <laughs> 19 minutes past seven. We'll talk a little bit more Cox Plate, but after this it is Kempi off the back fence. Here with Chemist Warehouse, great savings every day. Off the back fence with Tony Kemp. Listening, listening to Dave Latelli, a.k.a. the brown butter bean, open up his heart and share his passion towards helping the less fortunate. Struck a chord with all of those tuning in yesterday. Sobering is the only fitting way I can describe the work that Dave Latelli is doing. If only there were more Triple B brothers in our community just like Dave. Here's my question. Would we all become a Triple B brother for one day, just one day of the year to support our good mate Dave Latelli if you knew it made a significant, a significant difference in people's lives? While we all wonder how we can do that one little thing extra to help someone in need, how's this for a cause? How about we create the Building Better Balance for Butterbean Support Network and all offer a day's capital to help the brother out? Building Better Balance can offer the opportunity to give up your time, yes, cash if you want, or whatever you feel like doing to help Dave Latelli continue making a difference in all our lives. Yes, you see... It's just not the recipients that benefit from all his hard work. We would too, 100%. We do in some way, shape or form, and I for one intend to give Dave my Building Better Balance day just one day of the year. That's right, one out of the 300-odd so that he can continue along his journey. More than just an athlete, what a human, Dave Latelli. Off the back fence with Tony Kemp. 
Love it, Kempe. <clears throat> yeah, really hit a well a spot with me as well, mate. Um, obviously, dark experiences, but yeah, it's got a gun. It got me thinking. Um, and one day would be minimum, really. And money, time is money. Your your presence out there in the community is more than money will ever buy an opportunity. Just a, a glimpse of hope, uh, particularly with ourselves, Kempe. We've we've been there and we've been able to come through it <clears throat> and share our experiences and. Uh, and doing it mate so uh, I've done some work with Voices of Hope um, obviously came out and did that little campaign talking about my experiences I'm just about to watch um, Mealy Kerr as well she's doing some work with I Am Hope and uh, Treading Water it's called and, and her experience and I love it because people are being vulnerable and, and sharing their emotions and, and for me um, I'm going to do some work with Voices of Hope we've already tapped into it so next year going to get out to the schools and because that's really, really where you make your mm. most impact. These young kids, get them early, give them that glimmer of hope. They'll be feeling it. But this, the world we live in now is totally different to the world we lived in back in our day, mate. So it's just our experiences, getting out there, tra- tapping into these this younger generation and, and helping them, that will just give them that glimmer of hope, mate. Um, but, yeah, definitely. Man, Dave Latelli has been doing it for years, and he doesn't want anything back, mate. He doesn't want anything. He hates probably the recognition he's getting and, like, you know, the, the accolades and the awards. New Zealand of the Year was coming through the text machine. He wouldn't want that. He's doing it because he's been there. He's had experiences, and he wants to see change. And we're a long way from change, but you've got to start somewhere, and one day of the, of the year is, is minimum. In yeah. my eyes, yeah, and and I think the the point that I'm making is that capital um, comes like capital expense comes in all sorts and shapes, different forms. You yep. know what I mean? Like that's it. He's got a kitchen there that you can help help with the cooking. You know what I mean? He's he does food banks, he does training. You can do some talking. You know, if you're a business, you can go in there and offer your support. You know, so I think when I was um, listening to Dave yesterday and coming up with you know my own way of thinking on how we could support him. I just, I just, when you put it into context, you know, your time over one day to go in there and, and lessen a burden for Dave Latelli. Imagine if we just had 50 blokes do that. Mm. You know what I mean? That's 50 days that he gets support yep. that he would never, ever have, like he, that he doesn't have to pay for. You know, so, um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to contact Dave myself and I'm going to offer him a day. And, you know, he can use me however he wants. That'll be entirely mm. up to him. You're a good man, Kimpy. You're genuinely a good man. And you're always worried about others too. You're a bit like Dave, yourself, mate. You put others before yourself and uh, that's what I love about you, mate. Genuine care and you're passionate about the community, which is comes out every single day. And I love it, mate. So, uh, yeah, appreciate that off the back fence. Let us know, double eight, double three, if you'd give up a day. I know many of us are really busy, but one day of the year, I'm sure we find time. Everyone's got a spare day. It's just a game of golf for me. Easy. <laughs> Half past seven now. Uh, the Premier League is kicking off. We've got Leicester City, Leeds United after eight o'clock. Fulham and Aston Villa are just getting underway. Massive game for Steven Gerrard as manager of Aston Villa. The uh, drums have been beating a wee bit for Stevie G. So huge game. We'll keep our eye on up there. Later on, DeAndre Hopkins makes a season debut against the Saints in Thursday night football for you NFL fans. And Jerry says, boys, keep on talking racing. <laughs> Love uh, <laughs> okay, Jerry, for you, our choices flooring poll will be racing related after this. And horse, Baz for Pommy PM. He sorts out all their country's problems. 
Well, they could probably do a lot worse, couldn't they? <laughs> Past seven. Back to Joyce's Forum Poll. After Aroha with the news for Kubota, together with shaping and building New Zealand. Lovely, Kempe. Yeah, belt that out. 27 away from 8. Choices flooring polls time. It's a Friday. Love it. I only get to do one of these a week now. I miss my Monday morning choices flooring poll, to be honest. Halloween coming up, so we might get a little bit freaky next week. But right now, Ooh. Floors for Living Sale is on now at Choices Flooring. Head to the SENZ app, and if you don't have it, go to your app store and download it. Just search SENZ, click on Izzy and Kempe for breakfast, and then have your choice. Vote away in our poll today, and this one's up to you a wee bit as well. I'm going to give you what your favorite. We're going to ask you what your favorite Cox Plate memory is, and. I've got some options here, but if you have one that I don't mention, text us, double eight, double three. But these are the options I've got in the poll. Sunline destroys them in back-to-back Cox plates at the turn of the century. Well, what about the race of the century? Bone pressure responds to the whip, the roars of the crowd. He races up to our Waverley star. A hundred out, bone pressure, our Waverley star. Stride for stride. Nothing in it. Our Waverly star the round. Bone Crusher the outside. And Bone Crusher races into equine immortality. That's the most famous call in the history of anything, isn't it? Bone Crusher races into equine immortality. So, is that your vote? (laughs) The race of the century? Would it be Winx's four-peat? Into the straight at the 200 metres. It's Winx in front by a leap. Ben Battle's going with her. Winx three corners, Ben Battle. Winx is staving off Ben Battle. Come at the hour. Come at the legend. Greatness. Winx has done it. It's Equine Utopia. Oh, Maddie Hill, Equine Utopia. Utopia. That gets me going. Ah, uh, the first person. First person. First horse to three-peat. The great Kingston Town. Kingston Town's got out. He's pulled the whip on him, tackling Lawman quickly. Kingston Town raced to Lawman from Silver Bounty. It's Kingston Town, Lawman, Lawman in front. Kingston Town wearing him down. He'll win the million dollar man's winner. Kingston Town a half length to Lawman. Oh, the 81 Cox plate. What a race it was. So there are my four options Sunline destroying them back to back. Bone Crusher, our Waverly Star, the race of the century. Winx's four peat. Kingston Town's three peat. What's your favourite Cox Plate memory? Go into the SENZ app and have your choice or text us double eight double three. Izzy, I know you're a massive So You Think fan and he won <laughs> back-to-back Cox Plates. And how's this? He won in his fifth start ever as a three-year-old. That's all. I was waiting for that one, but no, that's okay. Uh, look, in all honesty, I've become a late fan of horse racing. Uh, ever since I've joined the show, we, we talk about it daily, and I absolutely love the game that is horse racing. So out of those ones, the one that really springs to mind first, and I, I saw the Bone Crush Waverley clip the other day, and, man, that was a phenomenal finish to one of the major group ones in Australia. It won't get any bigger than that, just toe-to-toe, nose-to-nose, right to the line. Such a good call. But I have to be Winks, the Winks 4 Pete. 
you know, like just a phenomenal horse to be able to do what Winks did and to win it four times has to go down as, well, that old adage, that old saying, the, the greatest. Um, but four, yeah, it had to be Winks for me. Kimpi, mm. I reckon you're going to go Sunline. A hundred percent. Well, yeah. turn of the century, I remember watching them, um, watching them both. And did you have a bet? Uh, I actually, I can't remember. I, I had, I had plenty of bets on Sunline um, and Lonro at the time too, because I used to love Lonro when when those two um, raced each other. So yeah, but Sunline, I've just had every connection. You know, I knew Sticko. Um, used to just watch, and I think Sticko when he touched on it, as he and said. You know, that's when media first started coming out about horse racing and was and, and Sticko would talk about it um, or his dad would talk about it all the time and you'd just be so proud watching two Kiwi boys that you knew who you'd run into at the races here in New Zealand were in the biggest race of the um, of their lives and winning it. You know, so, um, yeah, for me, those, just that that was in, in the prime of my time watching those great horses run around and um, just to be a, be a friend of that bloke. I wouldn't. I wouldn't choose anyone else anyway. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And I noticed that um, someone actually saluted in the second cox plate at two dollars fifty on the tote. So there was meat on the bone. You know, she's braiding them by six lengths, but there's meat on the bone. Will Animo leave you meat on the bone tomorrow if you back him? Oh, I can't wait. Twenty two minutes away from eight. Go to the SENZ app and have your choice. Favorite what about you, memory. Uh, for me, it's it's Winks because it's my generation, right? And I saw her. And you were there. I was there. I'll never forget that. I, I cried watching her. So she came out first. I watched that. I watched that whole day. She came out first, and there was. I've got videos on my phone. It's a standing ovation, yep. like genuine ad- adoration, admiration. Superstar. Just. Everybody was fixated on Hugh Bowman as she just kind of came out and she strut. And then so, because the great horses know, right? They know. And after the race, she stood there. Hugh just kind of looked up at the grandstand. Everyone in their blue looking at her. It was something you'll never forget. So, um, yeah, pretty special race tomorrow. Cox Plate, can't wait. After this, Kyle Jameson. He's a pretty special bloke, about seven foot a million. Bowls heat. <laughs> Saw back at the moment, but hopefully back out there in no time at all. We'll talk to him about his recovery and the Black Caps' chances in the T20 World Cup. Yes, welcome back. We're 16 away from 8, and it's time to talk cricket. Summer is here, guys. Maybe not literally as far as the calendar and the seasons read, but I'll tell you how I know. The domestic cricket season has started. The local parks are filling up with great cricketers, and this week in the T20 World Cup lights up. Tomorrow night, live on SCNZ from 7.30, the Black Caps will look to prove their doubters wrong with a win over Australia in their T20 World Cup opener. It would be a statement performance we'd all love to see, including currently, currently injured Black Cats gun bowler Kyle Jameson, who's been good enough to join us for a yarn on this fine Friday morning. G'day, KJ. How's it going, mate? Morning, guys. How you going? Pretty good, mate. We're going really well. Love a Friday on ECNZ. Uh, mate, quickly, where are you at at the moment with your back? What's the past few months been like for yourself, KJ? Uh, yeah, all good. Yeah, just, um, uh, just taking a hike. It's obviously... Um, I guess as a, yeah, as a fast bowler, your back's kind of quite important. So um, it's been a bit of a gradual <laughs> process, but it's been um, been quite a good approach with um, yeah, with Steady and all the staff around, just making sure we come back in a um, in a sustainable way. So um, not trying to rush things and just make sure we get it right. Hey Cole, how, how has your body changed over the past few years as, you, as the demand and the workloads increased? Uh, that's a good question. I think you probably spend a lot, um, a lot of time, I guess, in the gym and running and that sort of stuff to make sure you can sort of handle, um, you know, handle whatever comes here, whether it's five days of cricket or whether it's 
four overs in the T20. So um, I suppose from that sense, you're probably a little bit more resilient from that stuff. But obviously, it doesn't um, sort of guarantee um, you know nothing happens with injuries. So uh, yeah. Mate, cricket is pretty uh, time-consuming. You have a lot of time travelling, uh, a lot of time on your feet. So this time away would have no doubt been uh, been great for yourself. So what have you been doing outside of the cricket cricket pitch? Yeah, yeah. Look, it's certainly um, certainly been nice to sleep in your own bed. I haven't, um, haven't had that for a, I guess a, guess a um, an extended run for a wee while. So that's been good. But no, it's been good. Just, I mean, yeah, just been hanging out with mates and just I guess that um, you know, family and that sort of thing. Just that consistency around um you know i guess that social side of life has been good to kind of tap back into that sort of thing mate will you get some um some local cricket in what's your return to schedule of play look like uh hopefully um not too sure at the moment what our schedule is that's what sort of been good with steady and stuff around not trying to put a date on it and stuff but um you know obviously part of that return to play will be um you know hopefully some lower level stuff and into um into um domestic cricket so yeah we haven't um Having an update in mind as of yet, but uh, hopefully, hopefully not too far away. Well, you, you obviously a big, big day tomorrow for for our Black Caps over in Australia T Twenty. You've obviously keeping one eye on the lads and seeing how they're tracking at the moment. What are what are your expectations? What do you think tomorrow looks like in terms of the Black Caps? How do they attack uh, Australia in their own backyard? Yeah, I think it's going to be absolutely humdung of a tournament. I think um, you know everybody's seen through the qualifying um, games. Everyone can beat everyone on, on the day. I think that's the beauty of T20 cricket is just sort of um, sort of evens everything up. But yeah, so, uh, certainly be back in the boys tomorrow. It's um, obviously played them in the in the last month or so um, into Monday cricket. But you know, T20 different format again. So um, yeah, I'm sure they'll sure they'll come out very um, technically smart and um, you know and play with that freedom and um, look. Look to take them on on the big stage. Yeah, dead right. A T20 World Cup in Australia, it's a pretty special event, Kyle. But what makes the conditions in the plane there so special? Oh, I think it's obviously, like, as a Kiwi, you've grown up watching, um, you know, the Aussie summer of cricket. So a lot of history there for, you know, for Kiwis especially, um, you know, over Aussie. But it's just big stadiums. Everything's just on a grander scale, really. You know, we're sort of used to sort of 5,000, you know, Five to eight thousand people sort of watching around the grounds in New Zealand for the most part, and then you sort of go over there and there's, you know, forty, fifty, um, get an MCG is sort of ninety thousand people potentially. So, everything's um, I guess on a bigger scale and um, bigger bows, you know, um, which is nice for the bowlers and um, and some pretty true pitches for the batters as well. Speaking of bowlers, mate, one thing you 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 really get an inkling of is when you head to Australia, you know the pitches are going to be hard and fast. So how does Milne <laughs> and Lockie Ferguson uh, attack these these bowling wickets? Like as a fellow fast bowler, what sort of lines, what sort of uh, game plan would you be taking to these Australian wickets? Well, I reckon those boys are just going to run in and just bang the pitch and bowl as quick as they can. I think mean, that's probably the <laughs> Probably the smartest way to go about. I've got some pretty big boundaries there, so you sort of get some um, get some leeway as well if guys sort of miss hit it. Whereas you sort of do that in New Zealand, it can sort of still fly over the rope. So um, yeah, that's what I'd be expecting from them. But yeah, obviously two two quality guys. So um, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing how they go. And what about batsmen, nice. mate? What about batsmen? Who who puts the fear into you? And who can we look at uh, probably hitting some decent runs in this tournament? Who put some fear into me? Probably uh, those two on the end, Tim and Trent. They put some fear into me when, because 
because you don't want to be on the uh, on the back of anything here. But um, oh, I think obviously up the top, you look at sort of Finn Allen and um, you know and Devin Conway. Those guys have um, you know I guess go about it in slightly different ways, but are two you know two pretty good batters and um, you know have done it I guess domestically for Wellington. So looking forward to them having a crack and obviously Kane as well. So um, I think we're you know, we're pretty fortunate to have a pretty pretty long batting order. So um, hopefully things go well. Yeah, we're hoping, mate. We're hoping, obviously, backs against the wall mentality from our Black Cats. Probably uncharted territory for them as of late, uh, you know, but apprehensive apprehension from our fellow fans around New Zealand. But we're hoping they go over and uh, play some quality cricket and get the job done. Just quickly, after seeing what Baz has done with the English team, random question, do you think he'd be a good option for the next British Prime Minister? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure he'd be a good uh, a good person in in, um, in any role that he'd take on. So, um, seeing with the right British politics, it might not be a bad shot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're in all sorts over there. And, and just quickly before we let you go, um, Cole, I know, mate, you you flew into. Well, into everyone's TVs, you know, everyone, you're a big name in, in New Zealand now. You come out of nowhere. Let's let's be completely honest. What's something that you've learnt? over your time from when you hit the ground running to now that you, you've taken big lessons from? Uh, yeah, that's quite a good question. I think you're just trying to stay measured, I guess, because I guess, you know, like, like you said, everything kind of happened quite quickly and probably um, yeah, probably a lot faster than I would have um, you would have imagined. So just trying to stay measured and I guess how to balance, um, balance that preparation and making sure you're just staying consistent and that sort of stuff regardless of the results. So, um, yeah, so I had to learn that on the fly a little bit, but, yeah, it's been good. Beautiful, Cole, mate. We look forward to seeing you out there terrorising fellow batsmen here and abroad, mate. You're an absolute champion. Go well. And uh, how'd that barbecue end up on Sunday, mate? You nailed it? <laughs> Absolutely nailed it. No thanks to you. But uh, thanks for putting me up with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks, mate. Thanks for holding the fort down. That was a long day. I was like, oh, I'm out of here. Cheers, Cole. You hold that barbecue down, brother. Appreciate it. <laughs> Cheers, boys. Have a good one. Yeah, you are the best, mate. <laughs> Sorry, mate. I, look, Izzy and Kyle were on barbecue duties, and I was like, mate, I'll just get in your way, eh? You'll be right, eh? And he's like, hey? I was like, I'm going to shoot off. <laughs> so I left Kyle there, and he, he cooked the barbecue. Appreciate it, mate. Good to see him in, in fine form, and, uh, yeah, can't wait to see him getting back out there. He's did a you big, see, big loss. But... Did you see that Stephen Adams um, clip where he grabbed the towel off the junior and gave it to one of the players? Uh, yesterday in in their game, it's yeah. it's like that. Yeah. You just called the seniority. You've just handed in the spatula and said, "You cook, I'm going." <laughs> I felt fair. No, it's not like that, Kimby. I just Kyle. Kyle said to me, he's like, "Look, I brought the boys here, so I have to stay the whole time." And I thought, like, "Sweet, I bought my own truck, so I don't have to stay the whole time." So you go on the barbecue, and I'm going to shoot off. Thanks, Kyle. Yeah, you're too you're too you're too sharp for them, is he? Well done. And it'd be great to see him back out there bowling heat as well. Good good of uh, NZC to let Kyle. I'll come on for a yarn there. Seven and a half away from eight. We'll be back with your text messages after this. There's some absolute humdingers here. We'll get to those before 8am. The mighty mare moves up to incentivise and races on by. Then floating out of Spanish mission. But very elegant at the 150. The darling of the turf has raced clear. Three lengths incentivise. And it's very elegant. Ten group ones. And now the greatest of them all, the Melbourne Cup. Our princess, our VE, very elegant, has been retired. What next? 
is anyone's guess, but what a champion mare. 14.5 million Aussie dollars in winning stakes. 10 group ones and, well, the, mo- the most uh, phenomenal race Melbourne Cup winner 2021. The Chipping Norton Stakes 2021-2022. You got the Winx Stakes in 2020. The Australian Oaks in 2019. What a champion mare. A champion horse has been retired and will go down as one of the greats in New Zealand racing. Fifth fastest race raced at the Melbourne Cup. You think of all the great winners. She is fifth on the list for the fastest races at Melbourne Cup. And, well, when the news came out, it was crazy, crazy, and just really reflected on the great game that provides us very elegant champion mare. She's over in the north. Louis alluding she might stay there. We'll have to see what she gets up to next, but no doubt she's enjoyed and she's earned her retirement to go rest up in the paddocks and provide us with even more. What next? Is the next champion mare going to come out of Very Elegant? We'll have to wait and see. But thank you so much to the team. Chris Waller, J-Mac was obviously on board of Very Elegant in that win. And the team, yeah, providing us with so much joy. So I just want to give a quick shout-out to Very Elegant. Thank you so much, our darling, our princess. Coming up, we're going to talk some Rugby League because the Rugby League World Cup is on. And, well, we chatted to Sorensen. He's up next. He's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Speak up with the Metamucil range now starting from 1979 at Chemist Warehouse. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. This is Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. Susie and Kempe for breakfast on SCNZ. Louis Herman Watt. We've got Joe Neeps in the back room doing a flying job. Well done, lads. And Aroha keeping us updated with what's going on in the world. Had a great show so far. It's 8 o'clock. It is Friday, 21st of October. Oh, we're talking all things sport. And Kempe, I love it when Kempe gets his giggles on. Keep that energy coming, Kempe. You love it when I just squeeze that oh, it's a highlight. credit in, don't you? It's a highlight. It has been, mate. But like I said, that was your third one of the week, so that's it. No more. You won't have a day like that again. Have you been counting? I have. I have. I keep a count during the week. I just like it, mate. Well done. You oh, keep me giggling. It won't. I got one second to get Kubota together. We're shaping a bit of New Zealand, <laughs> but we love Kubota and we appreciate them having them their support on our show. And uh, I'll try and give myself a little bit more time for three that one. Seconds, the three seconds. Three seconds. I've worked three, it out. 
<laughs> Three seconds, Kim. Yeah. All right, next one, you can do it, Kimpy. Oh, no, 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 no. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just give it a, hey, I'll Mon- give it a 20 seconds and just let the music play out. <laughs> hey, Monday, because we're here Monday, and uh, we're, we're doing the four-hour show, so yeah. Kimpy will split it in halves, eh? We'll do, okay. one, we'll do a couple each. All right, I'll there we go. <laughs> <laughs> Tony keeping myself keeping yeah, you're just trying to get Monday. me back. Here I was worried about my six and a half hour show on Saturday with Sticko and Clayton. You guys are doing four hours on Monday. Yeah, four hours. That's what we do for the people. We'll be reflecting on Saturday, no doubt. In the league, there's plenty of sport going on. You got the NPC final. You got the Black Ferns taking on Scotland. They named their side yesterday. So, plenty of sport and racing to reflect on and we're looking forward to it Monday but a couple of messages here lads regarding Choices Flooring Poll you can still head over and have a um, have a vote on the SCNZ app Izzy and Kempe you get the Choices Flooring Poll the greatest Cox Plate win of all time you got Kingston Town you got Winks you've got Sunline and you've got Bone Crusher and that fantastic win Defeating Waverly Star, our Waverly Star, how good. Anyway, message from Cam Sunline for me, lads. Just Lonro Northerly, those horses were champs. Winks, unreal, but the horse behind it didn't seem to be champs. That is from Cam. And then Paddy coming through. Winks on the outside. Bowman hasn't moved. The Valley is rocking and Worlds is knocking. Winks goes to the front with 200 to go. The Great Mare completes the great trilogy of the turf. Winks. Has won the Cox Plate. Shivers from Paddy. How good. And this one from Roy. Yes, Roy, I'm, I'm on the same page as you, mate. I don't know anything about horse racing, but it's been a quick education listening to you fine folk over the last year or so. But I can't go past that magic commentary for Winks into equine immortality. Fabulous stuff. And just one more oh, from that's, JD. That's, Guys. That's equine utopia for Winks there, Roy, but close. Just. Equine Utopia. Yeah, nearly. <laughs> and another one here another one here from JD. Guys, lucky enough to be into a couple of Cox plates, including Sunline's first one. How good is that? Which is the only time I've shed a tear on a race course. But my favourite is Might and Power's win. The aftermath when Nick Moriatis walks the home straight, hugging punters on the rail is utter bedlam. And at one stage, a reporter asks him, what are you going to do with the prize money? He replies, if the prize money, cheers, JD. <laughs> if the prize money, I've got the Cox plate and I'm the man. How good is that? Appreciate those messages coming through. There's plenty more to get through. But right now, we've got to remember, Rugby League World Cup is on. The Kiwis named their side to take on Jamaica. And earlier on this morning, we caught up with a debutant, Scott Sorensen, the famous legacy that Sorensen's have forged in the, uh, in the black jersey, the Kiwis. Well, Scott's going to make his debut off the bench. And we caught up with him earlier. Here he is. S-E-N-Z. It's a name that is synonymous with rugby league and the black jumper in this weekend when the Kiwis run out to face Jamaica at Hull. The next era of Sorensen's begins. How good Scott Sorensen has had a couple of years. And it'd be hard to believe a two-time NRL Premiership player with the Penrith Panthers scoring a try in the latest grand final triumph and now we become the fifth, yes, that's right, the fifth member of his storied family to represent New Zealand. Scott is with us on the line now. Kia ora, mate. How's things? Hey, boys. How are you? Thank you very much for having me. Um, yeah, really good. Thank you. Exciting times. Yeah, congratulations, yeah. Scotty, on making your debut. Um, everything going well for you boys up there? Good good first hit out. You happy with that? Yeah, things are going uh, really well. Um, obviously settled right in now and uh, based in York, um, down down now at Hull, first in um, obviously as you touched on versus Jamaica on Saturday. Uh, yeah, look, um, you know, 
there were things obviously uh, you know we want to improve on and get better better at um, after facing Lebanon on the weekend. Um, you know we did come up with a I thought a, a pretty strong performance, but we know we can be be a lot better than that. Yeah, Scotty, as you're here, mate, appreciate you coming on. Congratulations on making your, your debut and uh, continuing that Sorensen legacy in the black jumper, mate. What was that moment like, getting the word to be able to start your uh, game and your debut? Yeah, oh, look, mate, yeah, it, you know, extremely exciting, um, obviously very humbling. It's sort of surreal in a moment too because, you know, growing up as a kid, um, you know, all I, all I heard was just, Obviously, my granddad and, and, and cousin Dan and Kurt and granddad Bill, um, you know, representing New Zealand. And, um, yeah, it's just, yeah, it, it's just, yeah, an amazing, amazing feeling. And um, I'm very humbled and um, extremely excited for this opportunity, um, especially being with, you know, the side that we have. Um, yeah, very excited, mate. Can't wait. Mate, what a lineage. Just to, just to let you know, your granddad picked me in my first Kiwi team. And uh, I got to play with your uncle Kurt and and Dane and Kurt were my favourite players when they ran around for Cronulla. So, mate, to, to, to talk to you on the phone, it's pretty humbling for me too to to remember um, those all those past players, and especially your grandfather. It was great too. Um, have you had a phone call from them, mate? Has, has Uncle Kurt been on the phone giving you some advice? Oh, thank you very much, mate. It's really nice you to say. Uh, yeah, look, just haven't been on my phone just yet. So the, the news has just sort of come out that I'll be uh, debuting this weekend, but. Um, in terms of like, you know, during the season and, um, you know, obviously leading into the grand final, you know, they always wish their best and uh, wish me all the, all, all the luck in the world and to go hard. Uh, they're quite, you know, tr- extremely <laughs> humble um, characters, to be honest. Um, you know, like uh, asking them their advice and that sort of stuff, they're just more, you know, you do you, bro. And, um, you know, the rest <laughs> will take care of itself. But, you know, I'm sure they'll be extremely proud and, um, you know, excited to watch the game as well. Nice. Talk to us about your time as a footy player and when it really clicked for you because it seems like the last couple of years have been massive. But when did it start putting it all together, do you feel? Uh, oh, in terms of myself, sorry? Yeah, in, in your own career, in your own journey. When did it all click? Yeah. Oh, look, mate, I'll have to be honest. Um, I definitely have to sort of give all credit to, to the Penrith Panthers, mate. Um, you know, falling into their system out there um, at Penrith, um, I, re- I truly believe if I'm not, you know, if I'm not there in that system, um, I, re- I really feel like this opportunity doesn't come um, with the New Zealand team. So, um, mate, yeah, I just feel like once once I got given an opportunity there and fell into such an amazing culture and such an amazing team, um, you know, I guess it started to take off and I'm extremely, extremely blessed, mate, and extremely grateful that I got given that opportunity there at Penrith and um, and now I'm, you know, lucky enough to be presented a Kiwi jersey. So, um, yeah, I'd have to say that for sure, mate, and, um, yeah, just really enjoying my time as a rugby league player at the moment. Yeah, mate, it's one of the proudest moments of my life receiving that black jersey, mate, to look after. And just talking a little bit about culture, um, Scotty, and you've been in that winning culture at Penrith, can you feel that? culture building or that similar feeling within the Kiwi camp? Do the Kiwi boys have that? Do you think that they can carry it through this World Cup? Yeah, definitely. 100%, mate. Um, when, I, when I got uh, called in into uh, to, um, the Kiwi squad, um, you know, we, we the grand final uh, players uh, got taken over just, a, just about uh, seven or eight days after the main squad headed across. Um, you know, we came straight in and um, we just felt straight away this uh, connection amongst the group and, um, you know, excited and, and just everyone so uh, on the same page and striving for the same goal, which is obviously bringing the World Cup back to New Zealand. 
Um, so, yeah, 100%, I feel that connection. I feel that um, desire to win and um, that team camaraderie. So um, it's been really, really good, mate. The first few weeks, um, it's been exciting. Training's been really, really well. Um, it's great to have a hit up uh, as well against Lebanon and, and you know, um, looking forward to doing it again this weekend and um, showing what we're about. Uh, this Kiwi side has so much expectations, the pressure's on, everyone's watching their every single move. So have you and the other Panthers lads, because you've been feeling that for the last couple of years, the legacy that you're forging, have you been leading the way at the forefront? How are you able to grapple the expectations and, and the pressure that's on the Kiwis at the moment? Oh, uh, Look, mate, yeah, look, yeah, at the end of the day, we're here to represent the Kiwis. We're here to buy into, um, obviously, Madge's system and, and, um, you know, what Madge has put in place for us. Um, you know, everyone's just getting on the same page, um, coming up from club land. Um, you know, I guess uh, uh, James, Moses and myself have, you know, just uh, come from um, a bit of success, which is nice. But, um, you know, if we can help out in, in any way or, you know, uh, give little little bits of advice with, I guess, dealing with the way we want to play or the way, um, you know, we want to win, um, we're, we're all for it. We're all for success and we're all for winning. And, um, you know, that's the exact goal we want. We want to strive to win and we want to strive and we will, um, you know, put our, give ourselves the best opportunity uh, to, bring, to bring the cup home. So, mate, just embracing it all um, and really enjoying it and looking forward to what's ahead. Hey, Scotty, just a little bit about the game. How are you guys adapting to the, to the English grounds and, the, I guess, the, the closeness of the crowd? Um, be a few of yours first time up there playing, the kicking game, the short-in goals. You've been talking a lot about that? Yeah, we have, we have touched on it a little bit. Um, you know, Madge's uh, sort of tipped us up with, with a few things here and there. Um, you know, obviously, with the field differences, the in-goals, that sort of stuff. So, um, you're just, just working on a few things. Um, I can understand why, why a lot of players back into their, their careers come over here. The grass is that soft. It's that good. It must be good on the joint. Um, you can understand that. But, um, no, so yeah, no, look, mate, yeah, look, there's, there's, there are slight differences, definitely. Um, so just sort of looking into them and, and just sort of throwing it up a, amongst the group and everyone just sort of giving their opinion on what might work or what might not work. Or um, So, yeah, so, uh, you know, just um, take it in our stride as we go. Mate, well, you're facing a wounded Jamaican side. Not much known about them. They were coming off a, a heavy defeat against Ireland. So for yourselves, what's been the main area of focus this week? What has Madge yeah. been working on and really pinpointing to really now this weekend? Yeah, uh, look, to be completely honest, um, you know, I can understand you just touched on Jamaica, but um, for us it's just completely focusing on us and, and the way we want to play, mm. the way we want to um, attack, the way we want to defend. I feel like... Um, Maybe last week we will kind of, um, you know, sort of, I guess, our focus has might not have been in necessarily the right areas. But, um, you yeah, know, just completely this week, you know, there was a few things, you know, us boys coming in late and that sort of stuff and, and getting a little bit of cohesion and connection. Um, and I feel like this week is just completely um, focusing on us and the way we want to play and the way we want to improve. Um, which is really exciting, and um, everyone's really keen to gear up and, and go this weekend, mate. Yeah, beautiful, Scotty. Hey, um, congratulations again from Izzy and Kempe down here on the SNZ Breakfast. Uh, and the, all of Aotearoa, mate, all the boys that have gone before you wearing that beautiful get black up. jersey. That's right, get yeah. up. That's right, get out there and, and uh, take it to Jamaica, but also take it to them for the rest of the tournament. Best of luck. Give all the boys our best, and thanks for joining us on the SNZ Breakfast this morning. Uh, too good. Thank you very much for the time, boys. I really appreciate it. S-E-N-Z. What a bloke. What a lovely dude. What a lineage. Absolute champ. What a lineage. Yeah, yeah man, he's a good... He obviously very articulate. 
Um, the questions and the answers were, mate, he he knows what he's talking about. Great, great bloke to have coming off the bench. Like he's hit the hit the scene um, last year, coming off the bench for Penrith and picked up two rings, mate. Experience going in the World Cup. Uh, I can see him holding down one of those spots on the bench, definitely. He was a champ, mate. Honestly, very obviously a big name. Sorensen family, five times representation of the Kiwis. I think the one thing I talk about that he spoke about is cohesion. Cohesion is a is a big word, and it's been thrown around with teams and, and the environment, the culture, everyone getting those combinations right. And probably the bigger mission, Kempi, I touched on it earlier with you before the show, is Jerome Hughes. Mm. Um, you know, Are you a little bit worried there? Is he going to be underdone? Can he just fit seamlessly into that Kiwis fold? Well, well, the same thing could be said about Nathan Cleary, isn't it? Because he probably had about the same amount of time off when he got suspended uh, going into the back end of the year. He had five weeks off and then hit the hit the finals running, mate. You know, so um, I don't know how bad that qu- that quad tear is. You know, obviously, it's bad because I've left him out two weeks in a row. He hasn't played for four weeks, so you're talking seven weeks before a game if he runs in um, next week. Uh, in that in that last match, and yeah, against Ireland, can 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 one game be enough for him before they hit the semis? Mate, he's the, for me, he's the key. If if they don't get Jerome Hughes out there, I think their job has then become so much harder. Does does Madge retain the confidence to be able to allow him to fit seamlessly in there? You've got Kieran Foran obviously taking the reins at the moment. You have got Marshall King on the bench that can fulfil that role. Jerome Hughes, he's got a quad TM, all right. Yeah, he's got a bit of a yeah. I guess it's the severity of it. Like the, you know what they do, they grade him and that. But when you come, when you can't come back after a week, um, he will be wrapping him up in in cotton wool. This just show, goes to show yeah. you the the thinking of Madge McGuire that he doesn't want to lose his his number one halfback. I think he fits in seamlessly. As I think with uh, Brendan Smith from Melbourne, you know he's got that linkage through the spine there. Joey Manu, they played the mid year and they played really well together. Um, but he's a step he's a step ahead of everyone else in that spine and, and runs it, and that's what they miss. I don't think Karen Foran can do that, and we saw that in the first game. 20 minutes past 8 o'clock, cannot wait for the rest of the Rugby League World Cup to heat up. Of course, this is World Cup City at the moment, because tomorrow night we've got the World Cup draw for the FIFA Women's World Cup. Uh, Rick Dog's going to be all over that. So FIFA delegations have swanned into New Zealand, and they're rolling out the red carpet. Probably didn't grasp the enormity of this event until I've seen the amount of people coming to New Zealand for it. Of course, the Cricket World Cup, every game live on SENZ. Uh, cannot wait to, to see the Black Caps and hear the Black Caps play tomorrow night against Australia. Grant Elliott, Daniel McCarty, part of the cool team. Very exciting. And then we've got the Good Oil and Cox Plate Day tomorrow as well as the Sartan and Soliloquy. So a huge weekend of sport here in SENZ. Oh, boys, that has me fizzing. Just play the last furlong of all the Winx wins for a Friday morning. Get up, chair who, would you? <laughs> uh, we might not do that, but I do have a couple more race replays. We're going to roll out throughout the morning. We'll do one after this. Here we are with Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. Pip Morris from TAB, not far away as well. Home. Caulfield is erupting now. She's by three. Lonro's giving chase, but the great mare at the 200. Charles went for the whip. Lonro's got some work to do now. Under the whip, he stretches hard. It's Sunline by a leap. Lonro trying to level up. A great battle. Sunline, Lonro. Lonro's getting to the great mare. And Lonro beats Sunline by a neck.
There you go, 26 and a half past eight. Uh, we had a tech search up the Yalumba Stakes 2002, Sunline versus Lonro, one of the greatest races, 100%. And uh, that was the era of that sun, the great Mia Sunline we're talking about. She had to face some absolute champions northerly as well. Um, and that's what made her so special because she was beating the best at the time. We should have asked Kev Edo about that race because uh, he came back from England and we were in Wellington. He came down to Wellington and we were at the races and he said, mate, the big one, so we get on Sunline, eh? And I said, ah, mate, I'm gonna, actually going to back Lonroe. You ditched Sunline, you dropped it. I did, because Lonroe in the lead-ups was like in great form and he went, no way. And I said to Alan, oh, I'm going to back Lonroe and he went, can't beat Sunline. <laughs> and I said to Kev, and Kev got he got conflicted, and he went on. He backed Lonro, mate, and that we, we just closed my eyes watching that race again, mate, right down to yeah. the last bob. Yeah, stretching like a really good horse. Oh, he's a freak, wasn't he? As well, twenty-seven past eight. Pip Morris is on the line. Pip, how excited are you for the Cox Plate tomorrow? Good morning, guys. I'm oh, so excited. It's just well, it's an amazing race, isn't it? And how good are the Kiwis been over the years? I mean, Sunline, as you guys just played, most of us beaten there, but, oh, it's just an amazing race. And, you know, the Valley's going to roar uh, when they get underway. Who are you with? What are the Animo? I just can't go past him. I just think the James McDonald factor, the way that he just put pay to them in the might and power, I think he'll eat up the, the Valley again. I, just, I can't go past him. Love it, Pip. Hey, um... Thank you so much for helping us out with our selection for our, pay, uh, our Greyhound charity run. Although I, I missed the race and I checked the results, and old Grace's foot or Grace's foot, did, did it lose a foot? Or she did. She, yeah, uh, I was convinced to poor little Grace's foot. She got completely checked out of the race, so it just was one of those days. The highs and lows of racing. Great day Wednesday, terrible day Thursday. <laughs> Not great. Do you, have, do you have anything? Do you have a reclamation project? Do you have anything for us for the weekend that we can keep it on? Oh, I had one this morning. It was three dollars into a dollar sixty at eight oh one. It's a dog on a on a cup campaign, uh, race number ten, number one. It's a, one of a new import for Craig Roberts uh, called a power a bale roll, and I think it's called. It is, um, yeah. I expect it to win. I can tell you that Palmerston North playing a little bit more. Golden Logger. I think he's in race number six. Off for box number three. I made him the best bit of the weekend. I really like him to win. He's at three six. I think. That's Palmy. Outstanding. That is Palmy. Yes. Race six. And of course, I'm going to tell you about all the best back ones for our features over the weekend with the racing. Firstly, we'll have that enhanced bonus back across all the four main meetings. Not over the whole card this time, but the first four races at Tarapa, Rickett and the Valley and Randwick. Best backs in the features, well, Tarapa, Prow West, followed by Romancing the Moon in race number five. And race seven, and best backs have been dynastic. So punters are willing to get back on him. Cognito, clearly the best back to race number eight at Rickerton. Sky on fire, best back at Rickerton across the whole meeting. And Animo's well out in front for best backs in the Cox Plate. And Cool and Getter and Rock and Horse, two best backs in the Manicato. I mean, gosh, we've got so much to look forward to the sports side of things and the racing. What a weekend. Yeah, it's huge. And actually, I'm tipping one to beat them. I think Paul Lally's a great bet, to be honest, tonight in the Maticato. I think he's at a fair price, and I think he's a good bet, and I think he'll get cool and get a late. He'll collar a uh, pip. But appreciate your time. And that was just checking Golden Logger today at Palmy, race four. Golden Logger, that's the one. He was brilliant last start and behind Brad Mayer. Expecting to go one better.
Beautiful stuff. There you go. Race four at Palmerston North, Palmerston North Greyhounds, th- number three, Golden Logger. Yeah, I think Paul Alley's a good bet tonight, actually, in the Group 1 Manicato. Half past eight. We've still got a bit of racing to come with loveracing.nz. We'll get to the rest of these ticks as well. Here's Aroha the news for Kubota, though. Together we're shaping and building New Zealand. So what you want? I want bourbon. Cannot wait for a Friday fun day once we knock off here at 9 o'clock. Choices Flooring Spring Catalogue. Inspiring savings on carpet, timber, hybrid, luxury vinyl, window furnishings and rugs. Choices Flooring Pole today. Cox Plate theme. Shock. What's your favourite Cox Plate memory? Sunline destroying them back to back. Bone Crusher, our Waverly Star, the race of the century. Winx's four-peat. Kingston Towers, three-year dominance. Well, with 47% of the vote. I mean, are you shocked? The valley's rocking and the world is knocking. It's, it's one utopia. It's Winx. What a mare she was. The mare of, well, dreams really. Kingston Town's third win. The commentator said Kingston Town can't win on the corner. Yeah, best Cox plate, says Troy Kingston Town. Famous because of the call. How good was the call? Actually, not as good as the win. On the turn, 500 out. Fearless, Pride and My Axman together. A length and a half, Lawman. Kingston Town can't win. Then LA Bajou and the three-year-old Grosvenor <laughs> running on. My Axman took the lead from Fearless Pride. Grosvenor coming down the outside is after them. My Axman in front. Grosvenor and Kingston Town flashing. He might win yet the champ. Grosvenor took the lead off. Kingston Town swapping them. What a run. Kingston Town wins it next to Grosvenor. Yeah, well, you never oh. want to be the one to declare something <laughs> they can't win. <laughs> never say can't. Hey, that just went to the bottom on the backside, old mate. But uh, <laughs> so good, so good. I'm getting fizz, boys. Friday, and the fizz is going to be flowing shortly. Wait, hold on. Is he? Who's your? Uh, oh, eh? Is it? Do you reckon? Are we, is it a bit of? A bit oh, of, for sure. It's, it's, it's Friday, it's Friday. We're going to have a nice wee weekend, long weekend for yourselves. We're here Monday, but you've got some friends coming to stay with their kids and the kids are excited. No more sleeps, Dad, so going to enjoy the weekend and there's plenty going on to keep us occupied. So, yep, looking forward to it. Love it, mate. Now, tell us, because Kempi's Mr. Brightside, I'm deep on Animo, but I'm going to oh. save on our Bodigan. I mean, where are you, where are you planning your flag, big man? Oh, I'm, un- I'm uncertain. I'm unsure. <laughs> I'm usually picking one, and I'm like, yeah, that's me dead set fixed on it, but I just can't pick one, Louie. I'm, I'm a bit, yeah, look, at, it's hard to go past Zaki at barrier one, but then I'm just like, meow. So, can't go the alligator, <laughs> alligator hey, blood. Hey, Trent's been a bit quiet? I know, Trent. Where are you? Are you Zaki hard or what? Let us know, double eight, double three. Oh, alligator blood, man, it can surprise. It's obviously a wide barrier and it's hard. It's had some solid form and it upset. It surprises many. I remember a race last year we had and I said to you, alligator blood? No. 
No, it won't win it. It won and paid 80 bucks. I was oh, gutted. Oh, the Strad broke, yeah. The uh, Strad broke. It was uh, the Doombin 10,000, one of those, but yeah. Uh, it surprises. So uh, I'm unsure, Louis. I'm unsure. I- I'm looking at Moonga and I'm like, you-, you were so disappointed in the last couple. I'm like, can Moonga find something? Is it a bit too far? 2,040 metres, we'll soon see. We will. We. Yeah, I'm on the fence. I'm on the fence, Lou. I haven't really got anyone that I'm kind of sure. It's a sure thing. Well, and I never really get a sure thing, so I'll have a week there. I've got a day to go. Maybe J-Mac will talk you into Animo. I think Animo's, there's something about him that he's he's got a, a bullet in his arsenal where he can fire and he's going to he look very exceptional. He's uh, like last start. You had to see it to believe it. He, he lost several little couple of lengths on the corner and then like champions do, they rally and, and and win with quite authority in the end with his ears pricked. So he's got a bit up his sleeve and I think just I gained a lot of confidence out of his setup. I think he's um he's fourth up, ready to really peak. So maybe just don't look any further. Maybe it's <laughs> yeah. just sitting in front of us. <laughs> You're hoping, Louis. You are hoping. Animo, look, it's yeah. Animo's obviously the horse to watch. Hey, just <laughs> these races were such a strong field. Anything can surprise. So I'm I'm unsure. I told Kempi Izzy, if Animo wins the last, of my student loan's going to be paid off. How good's that? It, it, is it? It'll be awesome. It'll be done. I hope it wins now. Yeah. I mean, I it's, not a, it's it not a huge amount, but it's I've been chipping away at it for eight odd years now. And um, it'll be, I've nearly, I just checked it the other day because I was like, it must be getting close. And yep, it's in it's in touching distance. So I want to be able to say I had a well, futures ticket know. on Animo on the Cox Plate to delete the last of my loan. And, and that'll be a, a special moment. And Paddy says, what was that song you played in the intro of the Stars of Spring? Uh, Fortunate Son, isn't it? Clinton's. Clearwater Revival, I'm pretty sure. Fortunate son. So there you go, Patty. And we'll continue talking about the Kiwi Breeds and the Cox play after this because Kane Jones from New Zealand Bloodstock's coming up. And I know that we've got a rap sheet that goes back a long time. Our history in the race goes deep. So we'll cover that off with Kane Jones after this. Well, New Zealand Bloodstock is where winning begins. We know this time and time again. Actually, Izzy knows this better than anyone most recently with Pung All, ready to run graduate Izzy. And you're on the board, aren't you? I'm on the board. I am on the board, and they're back, and they've had their breeze ups. And Kane Jones is on, and he's from New Zealand Bloodstock. Good morning to you, Kane. Yeah, morning, Izzy. Thanks for having me on the show. Now we appreciate it, mate. Obviously, just had the breeze ups. Two hundred and seventy-seven horses running around in front of potential owners. Was it a good day's outing? Yeah, we had a good, uh, a really good two days on Monday and Tuesday. The, the weather certainly played its part, and the the track was really fair and consistent over the two days, and uh, we saw, yeah, you're right, 277 horses breeze over those two days, and um, it was a, a really, really good couple of days, and we saw some really consistent times, and just great to have all the agents and trainers and buyers back to um, to see them uh, breeze and how they perform and, and behave over the couple of days, so um, very productive. Hey, Kane, over the last couple of years, we've done everything virtually. Um, and the, the, the system, inc- I tell you what, it's incredible that there wasn't a drop off and that some of the margins were still hit and the medians in there and the sales performed the way they did. Because as you would know, it, there's nothing like seeing a horse move in the flesh. And if you could see horses move in the flesh, you can bid with more confidence. So. Did you kind of get that sense, having everyone back on the ground and being able to see them breeze up? Was there a bit of, not necessarily relief, but were people just 
stoked to be back and be able to maybe have a bit more confidence around runners they like? Well, absolutely. Last year we had the um, the Auckland slash Waikato border in place, so the breeze ups were really tricky. Um, and at the sale itself, we, we were at Tiarapa Racecourse with no horses, so it was a, a weird, eerie sort of sale, but uh, it held up phenomenally well under the circumstances, and I think that bodes extremely well for this year when, when everybody can be back, and, and I tell you, every man and his dog wants to be back this year. I, I, um, I'm really looking forward to it. Mate, is everyone on every man and his dog on lot 270, the gelding by Lonro, uh, out of listed winning Mayor Silver Eclipse, the Darcy Brahma, um, which went really well on your first day. Was there much talk about it? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, there, there is um, Kempe um, by a really, really good sire in Lonro, and you're right, run one of the quickest days on day uh, times on day one and 10.11, which is, which is low flying and um, he's a horse I, I would expect would get a lot of attention in the in the coming weeks and, and leading up to the sale. Hey Kane, it's an exciting time. When, so when are the actual sales? Give us the dates for the actual sales back at Karaka this year. Okay, yeah. So so we are back to Karaka um, and we're selling on the sixteenth and seventeenth of November. So um, getting closer now. And um, just one of the things to look forward to is the breeze up clips are online from this afternoon. So. Um, nice way to spend your long weekend is watching some breeze up clips. Oh, 100%. That's the sort of study we like. Now, your colleague Emmett, I don't know whether she already had this on file, but I asked for New Zealand bloodstock or just New Zealand bred cox plate performed horses, right? And she's whipped through the spreadsheet, which is quite incredible. Going back to 19, as far as I can tell, 1929 Night March. <laughs> Night March. Then we had Farlap, obviously, Mosaic in 39, Beau Vite in 40 and 41, um, Rising Fast in 54, Ray Ribbon in 56, Red Craze in 57, Tulloch, of course, uh, Sir Dane, Dulcify, So Called, Bone Crusher, Surfers Paradise, Solvit, Octagonal, I'm just cherry picking here, Sunline, of course, So You Think, Ocean Park, most recently. It just puts it into perspective what sort of nursery New Zealand has been and how well performed on the equine stage we have been going back, like genuinely nearly a century now. It's quite spine tingling, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, shout out to Emma who, who um, pulled that list together. It's a it's a long and extensive list. Um, New Zealand have have a, we've got an amazing affinity with the Cox Plate, and and like you said, you you rattled off um, most of them. But but going back to Farlap in 1930 and 31, winning it twice, and um, no one can forget that Bone Crusher Our Waverly Star race in 1986. considered one of the greatest Cox Plates. Um, Sunline won it twice. She, she sort of um, got me falling in love with racing when I was a young boy. And um, so you think winning it twice, he was one of our greatest exports as well, going on to, to win all those good races up in the Northern Hemisphere and then standing at stud. And, and again, Ocean Park, who um, who's a successful stallion here in New Zealand as well. So an amazing race. And then in New Zealand have a real affinity with it. Hey, has, um, has so you think had a... Uh, had a um... <laughs> as a sire, had a win in the Coxblade as a sire yet, Kate? I don't think so, but I, know, I, I like where you're heading here with um, <laughs> we might see a horse called, called Pungo uh, lining up in next year's Coxblade. One, uh, one can only hope and dream. Oh, the boom four-year-old of the spring. Can't you just see it? Can't you just imagine it?
Well, he, he's won his maiden, which, uh, well done, um, Izzy. That was pretty exciting. So he's won his maiden, so he's certainly on, on his yeah. way. Hey, Kane. Oh, but you can't see me. I'm on the camera. I'm just whipping the ear. Hey, Kane, is he? Is he? Keep talking about excited. Overexcited, he'd go the cock spike because I'm I've going. Lost the plot. I'm going with him if he's gone. I'm carrying his bags. What about last week's um, last week's win, mate? Um, Craig Williamson, and then this week, what have you got? What are you like in the cock spike? Um, I know I've been harping on about Thunderstruck um, for a long time now, so it'd be rude to drop off him. But um, look, I'm not deluded either. I think. Um, I think Animo is certainly the horse to beat. He was he was excellent the other day in the might and power and wobbled around the bend a little bit and still managed to pick them up and run past them. So I think he's the one to beat, but I'd love to see I'm Thunderstruck right there in the finish, and I think he's he's good enough to be right there and a, um, a solid each-way bet. Beautiful, Kane. And then we've also got, of course, back home, the soliloquy, uh, the Sartan. Um, for Marie Lester, what a, what a champion she's been for the breeding industry in New Zealand with the Bell family. So it's a huge weekend for the breeders um, and we can't wait to rip in tomorrow and the good oil and we'll probably catch up again over the weekend, I imagine, mate. So go well and we'll talk soon. Yeah, have a good day, guys. Look forward to the weekend's racing. Um, Baz said it best the other day. You'd be crazy not to shop at NZB. Like the, the New Zealand, the New Zealand bred thoroughbreds and what New Zealand bloodstock has done throughout the years, providing these horses that just literally go over to Australia and with a sickening strike rate, clean up their best. It's crazy. When you go for that list, you get excited, mate. The, that list you just ran it off. How good is that? They've got a wow, well, just a real solid form, you know, to be able to pick these horses and turn them into potential. I'm thunderstruck, man. How. Like scary as that white face when it comes around the bend. <laughs> you see, wow, there it is. You can pick it from a mile away. Actually, it is such a good looking horse. Actually, uh, Joey, you went and saw. You went to Ritual Stud. Did you see shocking when you were down there? Did you see? Did you meet the big boy? I did. So he's side on Thunderstrike Melbourne Cup winner. Pretty impressive horse. Incredibly impressive. Like real big. Just, just powerful. big, powerful, yeah, powerful legs. I don't know much about horses, but when I saw Shocking, I was like, that's a good horse, yeah. Yeah, big stallion. <laughs> hey, we should, we should do a breakfast show out at Karaka at the sales. We should. Because that's a, Co- that's a good day. Of course we should. It's a good day out there. Of course we should. Uh, Sunday. We should. It's January 28, nope. I think, is it? 27. And we should stay at the, at the Karaka Hotel, the Hilton oh, there, because the don't. chef, Mark Southern, He's a big fan of the show, and he said, boys, if you go to Caraca, come stay there, do your show there, and I'll cook you his breakfast. So there you go, boys. We've got it in there if we want to head there. Let's, let's go. go. <laughs> Get up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm back. I'll just... just, I'll just... Oh, sorry. Excuse me. Excited. <laughs> right, better get that off the floor before Ruben comes Seven in. Seven minutes, boys. Ruben, did you hear that? New Zealand bloodstock, Karaka sales. Seven minutes after this, we'll catch up with Rick Dog. Um, somebody did say just quickly, why not put Mano into the house? Kempi, I'm just guessing you wouldn't rat, you wouldn't move what Joey Mano is doing. Just... Well, and who who goes the fullback? Yeah, They're just just don't don't touch Joe Mano at the moment. No, he's and the best fullback. The Warriors the fullback. Nickel Klosdak. Yeah. And uh, Jared says... Aussies definite favourites. Put a bet on <laughs> Tallow last night paying five bucks. Will it shorten? Hard to know. 
I think five bucks is about right. Maybe you might even drift a little bit because it, I think it opened about six fifty. Hard to know though. It really does depend on how the track's playing, Jared. Just listen to the good oil tomorrow, and we'll tell you before the race. Seven away from nine, we'll catch up with Rick Dog after this. Right. Well, Fulham are up two nil against Villa, who have a red card, and Rick Dog's in after nine. Is Stevie G in trouble? Stevie G's in massive trouble, mate. Massive trouble. There's rumours that Thomas Tuchel, the former Chelsea boss, has been in talks with Villa, so they're already lining up replacements. It's, I think it's a matter of when, not if. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. For Stevie G. Uh-oh. What about our man you, Rick? What about our man you? You got a wee dub <laughs> against Tottenham the other day, mate. But there was a little clip of Cristiano Ronaldo yeah. leaving frustrated, Meow. leaving people hanging. Mate, he is, he is dusted. Um, Ten Hag <laughs> has told him he can disappear. He's not training with the first team. He's uh, going to go train on his own. He's not going to Chelsea for the game this weekend. He's been he's been told he's going to be not in the not in this travelling squad, and uh, rumours coming out now that um, United are going to just cut their losses and release him on a free transfer from the last six months of his contract come January and say see you later. Nice. Wow. Is he that bad? Well, it's just that disruptive. Just... Can you imagine that is wow. with injury time in a big game at home for the All Blacks at Eden Park and you hadn't got on yet and you you th- throw your jacket on and storm off down the tunnel before the final whistle, how would that have gone down with Shag? No good. No good. No one is better than the team and no one's bigger than the team, for sure, mate. It's interesting what's going on. Rick Dog, you have a fantastic day. No doubt you have a jam-packed show to carry us through to lunchtime. Appreciate your time this morning. And everyone, Kempi and myself will be back Monday to reflect on the weekend sport and racing. Have a fantastic weekend. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So, we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.